We are live for another exciting episode of On the Line, a college basketball podcast. Uh, a couple minutes ago, Ben and I actually just recorded a 30-minute episode to ourselves and to only ourselves. But now we're going to get into the draft, and the prospects we will be covering tonight will be the guards. So the guards that we will cover tonight are going to be Shaden Sharp, Benedict Matherin, Jaden Ivey, Johnny Davis, and Dyson Daniels. We will cover those fives. We will discuss their strengths, weaknesses. Um, you know, if if it does work in the NBA, why would it work? And if it doesn't work in the NBA, maybe why why are we asking ourselves why did this player, you know, I don't want to say fail, but maybe not live up to that potential of that lottery selection. And then obviously we will close with player comps, which is definitely our favorite. So all of that and more next on on the line. Nobody's home. Picked off by Miller. Goes ahead. Lane's on the other wing. He finds oh! 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 Yeah! Send it in, Jerome! Pass Devendorf at the buzzer. Oh! Gonzaga has time to do something. Socks for the win. Oh, 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 oh yes. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Oh, oh, oh. The perfect season remains on go. Are you? Oh, my God. There is. Oh. There are onions, Jim, and then there are nature. Onions with a kiss. Oh, my goodness. One of the great games. Ben, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Uh, I'm excited for the draft. It's it's coming up. Finally, these finals will be over. I, I don't know yeah, why. You know, I don't. I don't. I haven't been care that interested in these finals, about, but I, I haven't been interested the in the playoffs at all. I haven't been interested in the playoffs, man. Um, I, I'm way more interested in watching the New Zealand Breakers play basketball from three, four months ago. And uh, the G League Ignite team. And finding the hidden archives of Shaden right. Sharp. Right. <laughs> yes. Because let's get into it. These are some hidden archives. You have to trounce the internet to find actual game footage of this man playing basketball. Um, he, he is a mystery man. But I, I'm going to tell you, Ben, I was thinking today at work and kind of on my drive home about Shaden Sharp. This isn't the first time we've seen this, though. And I, I do kind of want to make that point known because we are college basketball junkies and we have seen this before. Like this is we've seen it with Mitchell Robinson. We saw it with Darius Baisley. We James saw Wiseman. it. Well, James Wiseman at least played three games. Like James Wiseman was <laughs> I on know, campus. still not a lot. <laughs> like I, I get that. But at least James Wiseman, like we saw James Wiseman on college basketball court. We saw James Wiseman in some sort of organized basketball. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also uh, a Bruce. No, it wasn't Bruce Bowen. Uh, Brian Bowen 
with the Louisville scandal. Mm-hmm. He he went, but at least he went to the NBL. I forgot about that. So we have seen players still go from high school to the NBA. Um, we, we could also discuss the maker. Um, you know, if you want to believe that, yeah, he was a 19, 20 year old, that's a discussion for, for another time. If you want to convince uh, yourself into that. Yeah, I will say um, I had I had firsthand witness of Thon Maker uh, as an eighth grader, allegedly at the Country Day Tournament in Metairie. So that was that was exciting time. He was about four years older than you at the time. <laughs> <laughs> he might have been. And uh, also Wade Sims was there. So shout out Wade Sims, RIP Wade Sims, uh, one of my favorite LSU Tigers of all time. But let's get into the mystery man. Um, let's start off his strengths. Uh, he's got an alleged 50 inch vertical. And again, I'm going to say alleged a lot in this conversation um, because that's, that's how much of a mystery he is. He is four for my big board. So I am high on him from what I've seen. I love the athleticism. He has serious bounce. The explosion, it's a little bit questionable whether he can explode off, like off the dribble with that. Um, You know, most of his explosion has been vertical, not necessarily horizontal or getting downhill, um, but the, the shot is there. I think his three point shot has the form looks good. Um, you know, you're, you're scouting EYBL games, you're scouting high school prep school games. It's, it's hard and it's really hard to take these stats seriously. So I don't really care about the stats. And when I just look at his form, I, I like what I see. He's got, he's got a kind of a combination of a one, two shot. And he's also got a little, just, you know, straight dip on his shot from catch and shoot as well. But I, I think, I think it's a good clean shot. I like his ability to create actually off ball as a, as a cutter and as someone who's going to be used potentially in some dribble handoffs and being able to read the defender and go back door to me, his, his ceiling is going to be high there in terms of his weaknesses. It it really goes back to, he's not, he hasn't been able to use his athleticism to get by people with the dribble as well as you'd like to see. I think most of the most of his creation on the ball will be out of the pick and roll, and that kind of leads to his next weakness. Um, we, we've seen very little of his pick and roll abilities as the main ball handler, and not to say I don't think he can't do that. Um, he has demonstrated pretty solid vision, so I believe he has the tools to see it. Overall, he's he's a smart basketball player. He's got a phenomenal basketball IQ. I really liked what I've seen from him. Um, you know, I, I think he does see he see the game at a high level. Um, you know, I, I watched the game against Mikey Williams, saw some pretty cheeky passes there, saw some good floater passes. Um, so I, I don't doubt that he can become a good on-ball handler. I mean, I have the guy fourth in my draft, but most of that is just off of potential. Um, so, but do you have anything about the strengths or weaknesses that I didn't say? Well, his biggest strength is he's six foot five, 180 pounds with seven foot vertical. I mean, with a seven foot wingspan and a 50 inch vertical, I think that's just a good frame to work with. He's a smooth, uh, he's a smooth player. He just goes in and out of his jump shot easily. Uh, you know, the, the handle, I will say it is questionable when he attacks, but it's not so bad where you're like worried about him losing the ball under pressure. I think he'll be okay with that. The, the, the negatives I wrote was all about the pick and roll. I'm not sure he can be a pick and roll ball handler, but even worse, I don't think he's anywhere close to being able to play defense on a pick and roll either. Um, I, I just didn't like what I saw out of him. I, I think it's going to take him a long time. 
um, more than a year to to develop that. He looked a little bit lost, even in you know these high school you know, Nike EYBL games or whatever. Uh, but yeah, that's just just not a lot to watch. So you really just have to go on the athleticism and what you see of the jump shot, which looks really really good. It looks very smooth. I will say the other thing I noticed about him is he seems to play with high energy. He seems to hustle around the court and uh seems to love basketball. So that's always a good uh that's always a good thing to see in a prospect. Uh, who who's your comp for him, Casey? Um, I have the white airhead as my comp for him. Um, you know, you, you never really know what you're going to get with a white airhead. It's, it's usually everyone's favorite. So my, my expectations are pretty high. Um, but no, I, 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 I kind of agree with you, man. It's, it's, it's the athletic Bradley Beal. Like that's, that's what I see. Um, because ultimately I don't think, you know, Bradley Beal's become more of a, uh, on ball handler, but I don't think he should be. And that kind of goes back. To my Scott well, he's Brooks. not traversing pick and rolls every time. He's more no, of an ISO not. scorer. Yeah, and I, and think, I, I think he Sharp should be that. Being that. Yeah, yeah, he could. But in terms of why, why it would work, it's it's that fifty inch vert. It's his ability to to be a cutter, um, and then I'd say if you if he really takes that superstar step, it would be his defense and. I think that's the one thing. If he can, cor- can correct his defense and use that seven foot wingspan, that six five six six frame, and you know he's he's pretty well built for being eighteen years old. Like that's the other thing. Like he's it got, is. he already has like pretty decent mass. Like he's got broad shoulders, so he he has those things that you look for. And I'm, I don't know. I think the sky's the limit, kind of there. Uh, if it doesn't work, what it looks like to me is the the, the three point shot never develops. He's very lazy on defense and he, he doesn't, you know, you know, try defensively and it's going to be maybe some inefficient buckets, um, you know, like 17 a game at like 30%, like 35, 37%. Like it's not going to be pretty. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think to kind of some what you said about why it works. I also see some Tyreek in his game, by the way. Yeah, 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 I agree with that. I was also thinking Tyrese Maxey a little bit, but um, I think just to sum up why you said why it works is he just finds some polish to, to match the athleticism. And I just think that's what he really needs, some, some polish, some good basketball moves to really match his athleticism. And why it doesn't work is we see these guys all the time. We see these guys. They're athletic freaks. You know, they don't do the little things great. And then you're like, oh, but he'll learn once he gets to the NBA. And then it just never happens. But I, I don't I wouldn't say he doesn't do the little things. Like I, I think that's kind of like he does some of the little things. Um I, I just I, I don't know. It's it's crazy. I, we've never we've never seen this. Like I know I said earlier, we've seen similar situations. Not a guy this but, high. I yeah, think. not a guy this high. And ultimately, that's why people like you and me can go ahead and put Shaden Chart for and five on our draft boards and why I think a lot of NBA teams might potentially pass on Shaden Sharp at the top of the draft. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I agree. Well, the other thing is there's also, there's also a bunch of good guards. <laughs> there's a, a lot of other it, good it guards and It makes it very easy to, to take the proven commodity over 
the mystery bag. I mean, you know, verbal mean that you sent me earlier was the, uh, you know, Shade and Chubb could be anything, even Jade and Ivy. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, let's 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 move on. Did you have any yeah. different NBA comps for him or anything like that? No, no, I had the when I, when I looked at the Bradley Beal Florida tape, it really reminded yeah, me of the way he's moving right now. Except he just has a, I just said plus vertical. I do Beal Florida plus vertical. He just has a lot more uh, vertical lift. But Bradley Beal had that uh, side to side explosion, especially in college. But yeah, let's move into the guy that I think I think is way higher is the is the proven commodity. (laughs) I I think Benedict Matherin showed us over a full season playing in the Pac-12 and playing all the great uh, road games and tournament games that Arizona did this year that he's going to be a good NBA player. I really believe he will be. He's an efficient scorer. He's he's really good in the catch and shoot. He's got a quiet motion through the jump shot. Uh, ended up with a great percentage from three this year. Good cutter, good bounce. Has the in-between game. Has good touch on the floaters. Um, you know, some people will want to bash him for his defense. I think he plays pretty good defense. I like that he plays defense with his feet more than his hands. Um no, I think he should probably use his hands a little bit more, but he, he tries to play really, really clean defense. And as a result, he doesn't pick up a lot of fouls in the game at all. And I think that was part of the gameplay with Arizona as he was one of the main scorers was to keep him out of foul trouble. So I'll be interested to see in the NBA, maybe if he becomes more aggressive on defense, trying to go for steals and blocks and those kind of things. Because we saw that in college, he had some anticipation and bounce to to block some shots at the rim. He had some track down blocks, so so you know he has it in him. I think he was just holding back a little bit to stay out of foul trouble. But I don't have a lot of bad things to say about him. The the things I will say is is the ball handling, especially in the pick and roll, like we talked with Shaden Sharp as well. It, it just was not great. And then off of the pick and roll, the passes he made weren't that great either. It wasn't that he's making the wrong decision. It was just that his precision wasn't quite there. You know, hitting the guy in the hands, maybe throwing it behind him or throwing it too low for the big man, those kind of things. The only other thing I can say about him, he's a great athlete, but his flat line elite speed to like if a guy rolls, if a guy drives by him, he doesn't have elite, elite speed to catch up with like a Trey Young or something like that. Uh, he's not that kind of just obscene 40 time athlete. He's a, you know, he's explosive and quick, but I don't think he's going to run down a full court and catch Trey Young or, or whatever that is. But yeah, I mean, not a lot of bad things to say about him. I think he is going to be a more solid commodity than Shaden. I think that they have a lot of things they have in common that they do really, really well with the catch and shoot and the explosion at the rim. Um, I just think there's a little bit less risk since we've seen him play, what, 30, 40 games this year. So we kind of know what he's about. Uh, I liked how he progressed through the year and showed uh, more polish and uh, more basketball IQ throughout the season. And also his shooting percentages went up, which was pretty impressive. Absolutely. Um, and And you have him fourth on your big board just to confirm fourth. yeah and I, I have him fifth um and i have him as a tier two guy um so I, I think i think he's pretty i think he's pretty special as well um i actually was fortunate enough to see him in person at boulder when he played against uh the buffs uh the buffs actually won and stole that game but overall was still very impressed with him um he's he's got a high motor he's very good defensively in terms of his anticipations and reads. I really like that about him. 
I think he's got a very smooth jump shot. Um, and then obviously you have the elite athleticism. And to me, with that jump shot, most of the NBA right now is being clo- played on closeouts, right? And he's going to be able to knock down probably at the 40% clip, high 30% clip. And then he's going to have that one dribble, two dribble into a dunk, into a finish. So right away, you know, why would it work? It's it's that. It's that his game immediately translates to the NBA from what we've seen. And he's going to be able to contribute to a team pretty instantly. You know, his game allows him to do that when you factor that most of the NBA is played on closeouts, right? So he's got that jump shot on lock. He'll probably shoot high 30% clip, low 40% clip. And then you factor in that one-two dribble into a dunk. Also, I, I do think he gives you a little bit more. Um, I, I liked what I saw in the tournament, and I get it. It's just a tournament, so you shouldn't put too much stock in it, just like it's just any game ultimately when you're scouting. But uh, it is it is a little bit bigger, and I like to see players rise to that occasion and kind of take over. And I, he he the definitely TCU did that. Game yeah, the TCU out. game. They needed I mean, him. He was he was special in that TCU game. So I mean, if you're if your team drafts him and you want all the Benedict Mathern propaganda, go watch that TCU game because you're going to be blown away by him. In terms of his weaknesses, though, for me, it is, like you said, the ball handling. I just, I don't, that's a really tough skill to develop. Um, It's going to take a lot of off-season and in-season work to develop ball handling. Like, that's a multi-year process, but I do think he could develop it. And, yeah, um, I would like to see him rebound a little bit more, just like, you know, help inside more um, and rebound defensively and offensively. But no, I mean, he, he doesn't, he doesn't have a lot of cons. I think he plays in the NBA immediately. Um, you know, at worst, I could see him being like an eight point, 10 point guy off the bench. So um, in my NBA comp for him, I think this is kind of controversial because a lot of guys, a lot of people, a lot of guys, girls, um, you know, M- NBA fans all like, they hear this name and they're going to say, oh, my God, he was so bad. Like, how can you have this guy fifth overall? But he had a lot of good years and he was he had a couple of years where he averaged like 16, 18 points a game was like a third, fourth option on a contender. And it's J.R. Smith. That's my comp for him. Yeah, um, it's not the it's not the worst comp at all. I think that uh, J.R. Smith's greatest attribute was his catch and shoot. And I could see that being Benedict Matherin's uh, greatest attribute as well and something that I think he's going to come right into NBA and excel in. Uh, mine was Victor Oladipo with more range. Uh, Victor Oladipo kind of came into the NBA as kind of a, a more of an inside the three-point line scorer, and now he's developed a three-point shot where I think uh, Benedict's going to be better uh, from behind a three. And uh, I just like the body type of Oladipo and the athleticism. I really think that matches Matherin's. Agreed. Let's transition to our next prospect. We got Jaden Ivey from Purdue. Uh, you know, super electrifying prospect. We have them both six overall. And let's get into it. I'll I'll open up the floor to you. Um, you know, what, what are his strengths for you? The first one, which I always like to see out of any prospect, is the wingspan. Six foot nine wingspan on a six foot four body, elite speed. We've seen a number of big dunks this year out of him. He's fast, he's quick, he gets out in front of transition, is probably where he excels in his game right now. He's he's really great in transition. 
once he gets up in the area, has good body control to finish at the rim. Uh, really fearless going to the rim as well. Doesn't matter who's at the rim. He's he's going to go up. He's going to try to dunk on him. And uh, he also uses elite speed and and uh, hops to get some nice track down blocks and, uh, you know, come off his guy and, and block a driver or a uh, cutter. And, I mean, I think he gets a little bit more flack than he deserves for his jump shot and his shot selection. I thought his percentages at the year at the end of the year looked really good he and it was 46 36 and 75 on his percentages I thought that was pretty good um you know when you looked at somebody like John Morant in college his was 49 36 80 thought that was pretty comparable uh kind of the same kind of guy I think the guy they trusted a lot with the ball in his hands to create and to score and took a lot of shots and at times missed a lot of shots, but to end up with those percentages with the, with the amount of shots he took this year, I thought was pretty good. Now he's got a lot of potential and he, he does have a lot of downsides is the reason he's not going number one. I and mean, if he had no downsides, he'd probably be going number one because point guards becoming one of the most important positions in the NBA. Uh, his passing, man, it, it leaves a lot to be desired. He tries the two-hand over-the-top pass way too much. He tries to pass it across the defense too much. At times, he leaves his feet in the lane without, you know, thinking about what he's going to do. He gets a little too flashy on the passes as well, you know, takes too many risks. I'm not sure he's equipped to be a point guard immediately. Uh, with the passing, I don't think he can facilitate an offense, and he may never – he may never – able to do that but his speed sometimes even goes against him like sometimes he's running so fast and tries to stop and shoot that it's almost impossible to be running that like it's like Russell Westbrook speed running into a jumper which is where he kind of struggles with a lot it's making his jumpers as he's he's you know going too quickly into the shot he, he does that a lot and then the floater game, I don't really see the touch quite there. I th- he's way better when he goes all the way to the rim aggressively than, you know, stopping in front and trying to hit a little floater or trying to hit a little bank shot off the glass. It's just not really there. Uh, most of those things are polished things. Most of the things I think can be coached uh, with him. He, he's got a good handle. We were talking about how that's kind of hard to develop. He's got a good handle. It's mostly some of these other things with the – you know, polishing his game, specifically the passing is what really, really worried me because you would love to see him play point guard with the speed he has and lead in transition. But man, the passing's not anywhere close. I'm I'm a little bit more um, bearish on Jay Ivy than I think most. Um, and I think that probably just comes from him playing college basketball. And that's probably why I, I have Shaden Sharp more is like the mystery aspect of him. I'm more drawn to him, right? But I, I watched a lot of Purdue this year. Purdue was a very good team. And, I mean, let's kind of start there again. I, I, I get it. It's just the tournament. But Purdue was a very good team. And you have a golden opportunity there against a 15 seed. And you have six turnovers. And you only have nine points. You know, um, for me, the main weakness besides the passing, because I agree with you on the passing, is he doesn't really have much of a left. And if you don't have a left, that becomes very identifiable in NBA locker rooms, and that becomes very identifiable by scouts. And, you know, that's that, that becomes your scouting report. And they're going to force you left every single time. 
Go back and watch the Iowa game. He's getting locked up by Jordan Bohannon. Jordan Bohannon in no world is ever going to sniff the NBA. <laughs> and I, again, like I got him sixth overall on the board. I clearly like him as a prospect. But some of the stuff I've seen on Jaden Ivey, Ben, I'm like, I, I, I can't get there. I've seen him crack in the top three. On, on I, exactly. I, I can't. I can't get there. And and again, like that's not that has nothing to do with him as a prospect. Like I, I like a lot of things as a prospect. Um, you know, I, I do think he plays that his strengths are a double edged sword at times. Like that reckless abandon also yeah, becomes out of control. So, but I I like him as a prospect. I I think he's he's got a very high floor. He's got a very high floor. Um, I don't know if I see the ceiling that some people see, but hey, maybe I'm completely wrong. And with that being said, my comp for him is Baron Davis. So, but what if it works out, it's definitely going to be him excelling off ball and kind of in this slasher role. And it's going to be like 24 and four. And I think he's going to be really, really successful at that. I would, I'd like to see him go to Detroit. I actually think he could thrive off ball with Cade in Detroit. Yeah, I, I don't hate that either. I think right off the bat, he's going to be served way better to be off ball. Uh, my my comp was John Morant because of the reckless abandon and the elite athleticism and speed. It, it just reminded me a lot of Ja. Uh, especially I think Ja's more under control, though. Ja, is, ja has gotten under control. I mean, that's fair. No, that's he, fair. He started that's fair. off kind of you're, you're right. reckless abandon. I- Especially in college, the first the first two years of his career were just a bunch of like almost dunks, where it's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, that's great that he almost landed that, but he got to die. So that's fair. Yeah, no, that's, you're right. You're I right. think that. And does he ever find the passing that Jaw has found? Does he ever find the composure at the rim and the little in between floaters that Jaw has gotten right. so good at? Who knows? But but the reckless abandon and the no fear to the rim at his size with his bounce reminds me a lot of Jaw. And uh, like I said, they had pretty similar shooting uh, shooting numbers in college. So that was the other thing that kind of convinced me. But uh, we'll go ahead and move into a guy that I think we both liked right off the bat, just starting to watch film because we had did have to watch a lot of film on this guy because he did play in the G League Ignite. But I don't know. I think the, the hype's got the hype chain's got a little too out of control. I think the general public has caught wind of Dyson Daniels now. And man, it's gotten a little far for me. How about you? I, I kind of, I kind of agree with that. Um, I've seen some stuff like, you know, so obviously we're both Pelicans fans, and I've seen some stuff about, you know, if Dyson Daniels is there at eight, I'm like, what do you mean if he's there at eight? Like, I was like, why wouldn't he a, be? Yeah, I was like, why wouldn't he? Be? Right. Um, so that's that's a little far for me, um, but there, there's a lot to like and. You know, I do think teams are starting to probably value the G League a little bit more in, in in their scouting process. You know, last year was the first year that we really saw it play out the way it did. And you've seen some success with guys, right? I mean, Kaminga looks great. Jalen Green looks great. Although Jalen Green's the truth, man. I, I'm a huge Jalen Green fan. So uh, I know we bashed him last episode, but I love Jalen Green. Um, I just think he's black hole. Anyways. Daniels, he's he's got the his main strength. Let's get into it. His main strength is this. 
he does everything well, pretty much you know, besides shoot. I mean, and I think shooting, in my opinion, shooting is the most, I don't want to say it's easy to, to develop, but it is, it is one of the easier traits to we, develop. We've seen a lot of cases where the shooting yeah. has developed a lot, uh, pretty quickly once they get in the NBA. And, and I, I don't I don't see anything in his shot where I'm like, oh, that's irreparable. He um, looks like Kyle Anderson. <laughs> all right. No, we, he, it's not as it's not as clunky. It's still pretty clunky, but it's clunky. But, but, but I'm saying that clunky. to say Kyle Anderson Does has developed well. his clunkiness into a good shooting stroke and a, yeah. he's shooting good percentages now. No, that's fair. I, and and I, I think he's going to do the same thing. And that's, you know, I think that's both for our comps is is a little bit more of a. I don't want to say he definitely speedier. has more lateral athleticism. Yeah, he definitely has more, you know, burst. But it's like, you know, it's like comparing a tortoise to a baby turtle. Right. It's it's not much, but I I, I like him. I, I think I, he's he's ninth on my board. And where did you have him? He's twelfth on my board. So he's twelfth on yours. So about an average score of like a eleven. So uh, you know eleven ten range. Uh, he's he's good. Um, you know the weaknesses are probably that shot and just you know is is the NBA athleticism going to be too much for him? I don't think so, but maybe maybe that's that's a question you would have. I don't think so. So yeah, I, I, I like him. Yeah, I actually ended up riding a bunch of strengths for him because like you're saying, he does a lot of things well. I think the biggest thing that showed out on the film was how fluid of a defender he is. He's able to move his feet in front of a bunch of different kind of profile of guys and stay in front of them while also using his length to kind of cover bigger guys. He's got great ball instincts as well. He's able to jump passes and uh, get out in transition. He's a good outlet passer, good vision, plays with great IQ, uh, finishes pretty well through contact at the rim, I would say. And the biggest thing I wrote in here with four exclamation points was a floater game. He has good touch in the little in-between areas. Uh, great off-ball defense. He's great on defense all around. I, th- I think he's going to come in right away and be a good defender, at least a serviceable defender, because he can switch – and he can rebound. He can box out with a lot of different guys on the court. And he's just got a good touch, man. He, he just got good touch. You know, those little passes he puts around on guys' hands. You're just, like you're saying, he does all the little things right. He yeah, does all the little he, things He's right. our kind of player to a T. You know? Yeah. I mean, he does he does all of the little things right. And that's that's what makes us like him so much. Another I, I will, Yeah. Go ahead. I will say... You know, we we like the stroke, but there are some other things that didn't like his rhythm on the catch and shoot is a little off and not consistent. And I feel like he doesn't get his legs under him very well. I feel like that's part of the reason why he shot under 30 percent from three this season. I don't think it's the slow trigger. I, I think we've seen guys with slow triggers be good shooters. I think it's more of the legs and the rhythm. It looks like he's always better like fall forward when he's shooting. It does. You know, it, I don't, you know, I mean, you can have a good shot without balance, but it is part of it, you know. Um, so he's, he's interesting. That's, that, that's for sure. I think about the hype's going a little overboard it, for me, but I, has, but I liked him right off the bat. The, the first time I watched him, I was like, I like this player. He, he's a good player. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. 100% agree. Anything else you want to say about him? Yeah, the other thing I didn't really like is he didn't shoot free throws that well. I th- I want to say he was 71% on, on free throws. It's not bad. 
that's not bad, but he's going to be a guard. He's going to be a two. You're two or three. You would like them to shoot better than 71%. So here's, here's why I think the hype is where it is. Oddly enough, with the way the NBA is structured now, the in-between game is probably the toughest shot to develop, right? It is. So he, so he already has the in-between game. And I think a lot of NBA scouts just say, hey, we can teach you how to shoot free throws and we can teach you how to shoot three-pointers. That's all That's all we do now. I right? agree. All right. So the last guy we go into uh, as our guards who we think we could be in the lottery, and I think all these guys that we have mentioned will be in the lottery, uh, is Johnny Davis, uh, the guard out of Wisconsin. You know, the, the biggest strengths, I think, is he has a good NBA body right now. I think he's just got a really strong upper body. He's going to be able to handle the physicality of the NBA. Uh, he plays at his own pace right now, which I'm still not sure with some of these guys. Um, Jalen Williams from Santa Clara also mentioned this in his pre-draft process, and I think that this could also be Johnny Davis, was the load that he had on him at Wisconsin, I think played a lot into the pace that he played at. You know, conserving his energy, not going full out all the time because they needed him to score almost every single possession down. So I think he was a lot more methodical, uh, you know, took himself down to paint a lot more and those kind of things. He, he's a good, sh- uh, tough shot maker. He's a good contested shot maker. He's almost automatic in his mid-range pull-ups, which I think is a very important thing in the NBA. You know, pump faking the three and then the two dribble pull-up mid-range. He's got that already. Uh, like I said, he's a good post-up player. I think he could post up smaller guys, you know, get point guards onto him and post them up. Uh, he, he really does well on defense of keeping his chest in front of the guy and then using that strong upper body to not let them not let himself get pummeled under the goal, which is a really good thing in the NBA because you're going to be asked to switch a lot onto drivers immediately. And him, you know, having that strength and quick feet and getting his chest in front of guys, I think is really encouraging for his defensive upside. Um, you know, his his uh, downs is. He's just not an incredible athlete. You know, he doesn't have elite speed. You know, he's caught a little flat-footed at times. I'm not sure he really plays in the balls of his feet. Uh, the other thing is, he, he sometimes when he shoots specifically off catch and shoot, he doesn't really set his feet really well. And that's why I think he went from under 30% on three this year because actually whenever he was shooting with the ball in his hands, you know, off the bounce, it was always really good. It was more of the catch and shoot where he kind of struggled. It seemed like he needs to be in a rhythm almost to shoot. So he needs like two or three dribbles to like get in that rhythm, get his feet under him. Uh, I, I don't think that's something that I do think that's something that they'll be able to fix in the NBA. And the only other negative I had was the passing's not quite there. But uh, again, I think that had a lot to do with the way Wisconsin played around him, had a lot of guys thrown at him and just didn't make the right decisions when he had two, three guys thrown at him. I highly doubt in the NBA he'll be double and triple teamed. <laughs> yeah, oddly enough, as much footage as we have on Johnny Davis, he is he is kind of a tough prospect to scout due to all everything that you said because he's not he's not the elite athlete where the things he did in college are going to translate in the NBA, and that's no disrespect to him. It's just they're not going to expect, I mean, what was his usage rating? I'm sure it was in the 30%. It like, had to be top five in the country. Would, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was on a big 10 team. You usually see the yeah. top five in the country on a great player on small teams. Yeah. Like Darius McGee. Yeah. Tavian Denmark. Like that. yeah. But he, 
my strengths for him, I, I like his stroke. I do think it's good. I think it's a fluid stroke. His defense is really what's going to sell sell the bread, right? And he's going to be the classic 3 and D potentially if it all plays out. It's just he has to develop that three-point shot, which I think he will because the stroke looks good. He's got a good fall through, you know, good good elbow balance. It's not flared out. You know, the ball's not on the side of his face one way or the other desperately you know, I, I like it. Um, you know, and he's, he's got a decent in-between game already in terms of operating out of the post against smaller guards, which is what I really like about him. And to me, that's where I think he will potentially make some more money in the NBA is, is if he actually can use that on smaller guards as well as develop that three-point shot, right? The weaknesses are, are that pace. Like, I, he doesn't really get by many people. And now did he knock it by many people because he's exhausted because he's probably guarding the best he's guarding the best player. He's you know trying to score every possession. <laughs> like you know understandable. I mean, yeah, we can question his athleticism, but his conditioning will not be questioned. Um no, you know. he damn near played 40 minutes <laughs> like, every night for what five months. Yeah, so his his conditioning will not be questioned. I'll question his athleticism, but yeah, I I, I like him. Um, he's he's another one of these guards that has a has an extremely high floor, and it, it, the reason it would work would be his three point shot develops, and he's able to also do do some damage down down low. I could see him being like a a, a third fourth option on a contender. I, I see, you know, he's he's got there's some high upside there, but it's not a lot. I, I'd say he's. You know, twenty points a game would be as ma- would be as max. And then on the flip side, like I don't think it would ever bottom out terribly. But the reason it wouldn't work would just be like he can't get his shot off at all, and the three point shot just never comes along. And he looks more like a defensive stopper and just someone who, you know, kind of comes and goes in the rotation, 15, 25 minutes a game. But you know, he does, you know, he does score here and there so who's your comp for him uh my comp was josh hart or smaller chris middleton just because of the way chris middleton operates in the mid-range but i really like josh hart i think he could really mold his uh development around the role that josh hart has had on the pelicans and then transitioning to the trailblazers this year because josh hart's developed himself into a very very good defensive uh wing player and the three-point shot has just gotten better and better as his career has gone along and I like Johnny Davis in that role. I like, like you're saying, I think he's going to be at his best, a defensive stopper and a catch and shoot three point shooter. But I do like how he already has the mid range pull ups and he already has, you know, some ISO game to him for, from a lot of experience as we discussed in college. Uh, I think what you, what we were trying to say, or what you were trying to say earlier is he's so tough to, uh, evaluate because his role in the NBA is going to be so much different than what his role in his college team was. It's hard to even extrapolate his skills because his role is going to be so much different. He just, you, do, yeah. Would you like the usage rating? I just pulled it up on Ken Palm. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So he's 29th overall with a usage rating of 31.6, but this takes into account pretty much only, only 
small schools for the most part, right? Like it's, it's majority, just smaller schools. Um, in terms of the big schools that are uh, guys that, that are ahead of them, Scotty Pippen seventh, um, Zach Eady is ninth, which makes sense. Trevon Williams is 11th, which also makes sense. And then the next big school guy is Alonzo verge from Nebraska which should not have been the case. He should have been giving the ball to Bryce. McDowell. Yeah, but yeah. So, so Scotty got Terrell makes a lot Brown. Of sense, but the other three guys aren't playing 40 minutes a game. Right. And exactly. that's kind of why their usage rate is so high is when they are on the floor, they are used a lot, yeah. but they're lo- They're used. Right. They're not so on the floor. It, so in terms of like guys who played a lot, Scotty Pippen and Johnny Davis were really the two highest of, of the big five of the big five conferences. Right. And, no disrespect to Scottie Pippen, but he was not asked to guard nearly the hey, guys that Johnny Davis was asked to guard. Hey, brother, if they did ask him to guard, he just said no before the game started. Yeah, this, it would have been looking like Loyola Marymount. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I like him. I, I think I think he's going to be a solid NBA player, and I, I, I 100% agree with you in terms of the comps. And I do think Josh Hart's a good comp for him because – molding his career not only from who he's become in the NBA but also coming out of college like Josh Hart did a lot with that Villanova team he did. you know with Jalen Brunson and Ryan Archidacano but he was he was a main focal point and he's had to learn how to become a role player and accept that hey in this day of age in the NBA role players are going to make 20 million to 25 million dollars a year and that's life-changing money so he seems like a great kid and I have no doubt he's going to accept his role on a team and he's gonna be a very solid NBA player I agree I will say the one thing that's confusing about Johnny Davis is how he got this Taco Bell deal on these commercials because let's talk about it man because uh, that's you think that's... he's gonna be a top two pick dude I first in the commercial, I think they were saying like with the blank pick, you know, so and so. So it's like, it out. <laughs> yeah, it's like, buddy, you might go like, you know, eleventh overall. I, I got him eleventh, my big boy. Where did you have him? I had him a little bit higher. I had him ninth. Okay, so I mean, yeah, but but the same range, ten. Anything else you want to say about him? No, I just just the way he's portrayed in the commercial, you would think that he's like. Jaden Ivy, like, why didn't JV, why didn't Jaden Ivy have this commercial? Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> give it to Jaden Ivy. Well, give it to the mystery man. Well, my conspiracy theory is that everyone in the NBA already knows the Knicks are going to take him, and so that's why he got the commercial deal. Yeah, the does seem like very Knicks. He does seem he's got, dude. He could very easily become Kevin Knox. Let's not talk about Kevin Knox. I, I, I see a little Kevin Knox in the game. Let's be honest. Let's not put that curse on Johnny Davis. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I'm sorry, Johnny. No disrespect. Anything else before we get out of here? No. Uh, the big board will be coming soon on our social media, probably right after we post this pod. And uh, we'll be we'll be back with a couple more episodes talking about the wings, talking about the big guys in this draft and you know some of the other prospects going in this first round. And probably some of the other guys are going to go way deeper in the second round that we like a lot. So stay tuned for a lot of more draft coverage. Look out for the big board. It'll be on our social media. It'll be on our website, those sort of things. So just stay in tune. See you.